Welcome to the Sales Prospector Show, supported by Lease A Sales Rep and Inc. 5000 Company, helping our clients grow sales by securing guaranteed appointments, qualified leads, and guaranteed contracts for their services and products across the U.S. I'm your host, Gil Pagan. You can also find us at leaseasalesrep.com and all the major social media channels. If you like this podcast, uh, please do us a favor and five-star it. Share it with your network. Uh, we obviously interview uh, people, CEOs, um, journalists, and we talk about a lot of different topics. We'd love to have you listening in on our show. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Yenvi uh, Truong, and she is the CEO and co-founder of Health Snap. Think about snapping your fingers, Health Snap, a lifestyle management platform. Uh, which is an all-in-one solution that removes the burden of evaluating and interpreting a patient's lifestyle health so the provider can spend less time, the provider is a doctor or the nurse practitioner, spend less time making sense of lifestyle data and more time guiding their patients to optimal health. HealthSnap, again with the snapping, provides health data management and analytics to help providers overcome the barriers to practicing effective lifestyle medicine so they can scale prevention in their practices. All of this is made possible with the help SNAP patient monitoring and tracking software. For those of you listening, think about Fitbit, Apple watches, think about that kind of stuff, the wearables that people have on their bodies throughout the course of the day. All that data is collected and they make sense of it so that the provider, your doctor, middle-level provider can do something with it, create some actionable intelligence to get you better and healthier. We're going to talk about uh, HealthSnap uh, and what they do and how they can uh, help practices and you and your health. But I want to uh, talk to, um, to Yenby first and kind of uh, share. Yenby, can you share? Welcome to the show, by the way. Um, welcome. Uh, share a little bit about uh what how how you got into health snap and how you landed in the healthcare field talk a little bit about that um i always had an interest and i think it's more driven by my culture my parents who wanted me to be a doctor <laughs> as a child mm. um, so i was always pre-med in science um but i had this fear of blood so that was not possible for me um so in college i became um i started studying biomedical engineering which was somewhat of a tangent from healthcare and, and you know with pre-med um but afterwards i said this is not for me i, I can't be a doctor it's just not for me um but throughout college th and meeting people and throughout my life people said you know you should go work for a pharmaceutical company you have a great personality you're you would be a great salesperson and mark you know in medical sales and whatnot mm. and so um you know, after college, I, I became a chemist, was a researcher for a little bit, and that was not me either because I had that personality that I love to talk and have fun with people. But then, um, and then it hit me, and I became a salesperson. I, uh, I, I got my first job as a, a cold caller inside sales rep for a healthcare company, a laboratory that did food sensitivity testing, mm -hmm. and I hit the ground running. I taught myself how to... Um, how to make cold calls, how to talk to doctors, how to leave voice messages and that kind of thing. And then I realized, hey, this is my niche. I just hit the ground. I got the traction and it just worked out. And so 
the healthcare just kind of evolved from there into various aspects of, of diagnostics, anti-aging, uh, uh, EMR platforms, various areas of healthcare. Wow, that's that's cool. Many um many founders who, in my experience, uh, that we work in a couple of industries, but many founders who are technology company founders typically don't have the kind of healthcare, or they'll have the the sales and marketing background. They're mostly you know geeks for the most part, right? They <laughs> they write code, right? They like to see yeah. that. That you know that that code coming across a black screen or a blue screen or drag and drop and and, and uh, develop the software, but then they really can't sell it. So I guess your background coming into the business is good because obviously you've done that kind of sales and marketing and uh, cold calling and things right. like that, right? And kind of migrated uh, into healthcare because of the influence of your parents, right? And, yeah. Um, when people asked me about my healthcare background and when I ran hospitals and clinics and stuff like that. They say they want to go into medicine. They want to go into become a nurse because nurses in theory were making good money. First thing I ask is that, do you, can you uh, sit in the ER and watch blood go all over the place? Right. So you, can you stitch people up? And then they start thinking about it and say, no, I don't like that. Well, I don't want to be a nurse. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, that ends that conversation. So your background clearly kind of where you started pre-med and, you know, kind of getting into health so and now you end up end up in a technology space exactly interestingly enough um and that and you're now you're in an interesting interesting industry where healthcare clearly is growing it's on our radar it's in the news you know every couple of you know weeks with the healthcare plans and uh, affordable care act and um uh, tracking um uh, outcomes or lack thereof of the, the how much we're spending on healthcare compared to other industrialized countries i mean so it's in the news relatively most of the time throughout the course mm -hmm. of a 30-day period right. so and and your your with health snap um it's an interesting business clearly uh, where you're trying to um uh integrate data uh of people's lifestyles right how they what they do and the exercise their eating habits all these kind of things into a uh usable form uh, for right. the medical provider. So tell us about the business uh, and um, how long it's been around. And, um, uh, you know, you're, tell us about how it works with, with the, the EMRs and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll clearly jump in and, and ask questions because I, I love this kind of stuff. Go ahead. Right. So, so I, I met um, my co-founder, Dr. Wesley Smith. He is a professor at the University of Miami. Um, he teaches exercise physiology and nutrition at the University of Miami. Um, I was introduced to him, and, and at the time, I, um, I've, I've always been very much into fitness, exercise, sports, athletics, um, and so staying healthy is, and preventative care has been a passion of mine just for myself, mm -hmm. um, and there was this, um, at the time, I, I did this one measurement at the gym called a VO2 max measurement, which is me measuring your uh, oxygen efficiency level and that's highly correlated to lifespan and so um, I run half marathons marathons and so knowing that information knowing how you utilize oxygen is extremely important and it's not utilizing daily health care um, and so when I met Dr. Smith uh, I found out that he had developed this algorithm and this uh, this way of measuring VO2 max for example without any exercise normally you're on a treadmill you're strapped on a mask 
and you're exercising until you're completely exhausted and fall off the treadmill, basically. Um, we were, we, he showed me a way of doing this calculation without any exercise, and this was something that he was doing research at the University of Miami with. And, um, and I experienced it. I had this assessment done, and it was in like a snap where he took some measurements, some questions, and he was able to give me this lifestyle report explaining my nutritional risk, my cardiovascular metabolic, and then also my VO2 max. So that, that hooked me right away. And, and being in healthcare for about 15 years, I said, doctors really need this right now. There's a lack of understanding what all this data is. And because of the, the uh, chronic disease state in, in the country, mm-hmm. you know, we can't cure diabetes and heart disease, a lifestyle disease with a pill. Um, a lot of these can be reversed. And right now it's not really happening because doctors aren't really having those type of conversations with their patients. So how do we educate the physicians and the industry on this type of information and giving them insights that normally they've never probably had even was aware that you all you needed to know was a certain metric or a certain data point to, to re- reverse some of these diseases. So as soon as I met Dr. Smith, we, we started discussing how we could bring this to, to market and commercialize it. And because he was doing, the, doing this research at the University of Miami, he, he researched about 3,000 individuals, and it was, all, it was being used at the University of Miami in their wellness programs and with their athletics, professional athletes, um, university athletes. And so we had this huge data set of, of valid, validity, of the, the measurements and algorithms. And then so uh, the university said, you know what, uh, this was developed at UM, so let, let's partner up. So the three of us, uh, we started HealthSnap. We partnered up with the University of Miami. They're shareholders in our company, and we rolled out the, the company in 2015. Mm-hmm. Previously to that, uh, Dr. Smith did about three years of research on this platform, on the algorithms from 2012 to 2015, and used it as a tool to also teach his patients who many of them, about 60% of his class, went to medical school. So that was very invigorating in a sense where these students are going into medical school, learning about lifestyle and taking a, a, a direction in healthcare with lifestyle medicine as well. So, so there's a lot of contributions into healthcare, both from educating the medical students within the university setting itself, and then also um, creating a business that's allowing us to educate healthcare providers and, and various uh, other partnerships that we have um, in lifestyle uh, data as well. So the, um, I guess going back a little bit, a lot of information there. So I'm trying to dissect some of it. Going back when you first started, uh, Dr. Smith, right? Um, so he's teaching, he's a, he's a, a teacher, I guess, right? At the university. Professor. Yeah. Professor. professor. Okay. At the university. Okay. And university of Miami in the undergraduate program. Is that graduate and, and undergrad? Yes. Graduate and undergrad. Yeah. Cause typically, um, doc, people going to be pre-med, right? They go into undergrad, then they go to medical school, right? right. So he was um, coming up with this, this, working on this platform, this technology, and you had some oxygen kind of test and that tested your, I guess, your oxygen levels in your blood and all that. Uh, is that different than a stress test when you guys were formulating this kind of platform? Is it different than that? Um, doctors still use stress tests because that's a way of billing insurance, for example, but we use this estimator as a way to decide if the doctors could go into other ways of measurements, for example, blood work. 
if we're we're doing our measurements through our platform, uh, the patient may not have any high risk. So therefore, you don't have to go thoroughly into um, blood work and laboratory blood work unless there's something very specific that doctors investigating. Mm-hmm. But as it relates to just you know cardiovascular risk or metabolic risk, if uh, if we come back and we say, yeah, your lifestyle is indicating that you have a high risk for cardiovascular disease, the doctor then goes and does the blood work to, to say, okay, you do have high cholesterol or hemoglobin, high hemoglobin A1C contributing to diabetes, for example. So um, the, um, take us through a little bit about, you know, to understand the, how the technology works uh, and you know, take us through that, that process of it where you, know, you get it, you get, you get the, the provider, the doctor, the practice mm-hmm. to enroll, I guess, in, in health snap and become a client of health snap. Right. How does that work with the patient? What does the patient need to do? And how's that information uh, valuable to the, to the practice, to the provider? Right. So, um, coming out this month, actually, is the integration with wearable devices, um, particularly Apple Watch um, and the, the iHealth in the Apple um, application. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to pull that data and run it through our platform and our, um, our what we call translating that data. We take the, that data that's being collected. We're device agnostic, meaning that we can, it doesn't matter where the data is coming from, as long as we have that data, we're able to take all the bits and pieces in various devices and tools and, and measurement um, devices and analyze it as one whole picture and give that picture, that profile, what we call lifestyle profile to the actual patient and the physician. So our goal is to have for everybody who's looking at this data to have the same conversation. Um, it's data that was never introduced in healthcare before, like for example, walks the number of steps per day. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do, and this is one, one very small example of what we do is uh, looking at the steps per day. And, you know, I, I walk around and I hear people say, oh, I just need 2,000 more steps to get my 10,000. But imagine you're a five foot female versus a six, seven tall male. Your, your gates are completely different and your, your length and steps are completely different. So 10,000 steps for a, a taller male versus a shorter female, for example, would not suffice for, for being sedentary or being having all the, all the, the needs to, to optimize your wellness, for example. So, so it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing exactly. for you, right? It's based on your, your I guess, your, your age, your size, your, you know, your weight. So, so for example, make it, yeah, yeah. Break, it down, break it down even more, just as an example. This is a hypothetical example. So the 10,000-step scenario on a day and the male is six foot two and he's 250 pounds, he may need 10,000 steps, right? Versus right. the woman who's five foot two and 120 pounds, she may only need five. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So okay. what we do is we actually personalize the number of steps that you need. Right. Okay. So we look at all the various factors um, and all the data that we're collecting. Then we, that's one output that we give is this is how many steps you need in order to not be sedentary for a person, your height, your age, your activity level, for example. So, so now it's hyper personalized to the individual. Right. So, um, and being very, like say practical and, and um, to understand it from a, like let's say I'm a three-year-old, right? So the patient um, has an Apple Watch, 
um, as an example, and they they have to download. This is what I know, obviously, about the platform. They have to download. Um, I think the Health Snap platform um, app to the Apple Watch, and and then you know it, it begins to capture all the data um, from your walking and your heart rate, right? You could fill fill in the blanks, but that's kind of like the way it starts, right? Yeah, you just download the app on your phone. Um, and normally, uh, right now, what you do is you go to your physician's office, and your physician will invite you to um, to join his network of patients that to be connected. And so he'll send out an invite to you. You say yes, I, and then you download that app and you log in, and you're, you have you've established a connection with your physician. So the the goal is for the physician to have some insights outside of the clinic of what you're doing on a lifestyle base. Um, so when he comes, when you come back, he can actually see if you're, you're doing everything that you're supposed to, to combat diabetes or cardiovascular disease. Um, a lot of times the physicians right now are, are left in the dark, you know, other than did you take your pills um, or, or did you walk the 10,000 steps per day? So now we're giving the doctors insight into what the patients are actually doing every day as opposed to just taking that medicine. Right. So um, that, again, and so that you, you have the smart device, the uh, Fitbit, uh, I guess what, it, it could be a Fitbit as well, right? right. At one point, yeah. Um, Apple Watch, you have the HealthSnap uh, app downloaded through the invite from the doctor. You're tracking all that data, and then that data gets sent to the doctor in some kind of dashboard, right? They see some right. kind of report, Correct. Correct. Okay. And, we call it the lifestyle report um, for the patients called lifestyle profile. Right. And you're seeing exactly what your doctors are going to see. The difference what your doctors get to, to look at is um, how, how his population of patients are doing as a whole. So if he has an entire population of patients that's 60% diabetic and that's extremely sedentary, he'll know that those patients are not or, you know, that, that that's the biggest risk right now for his practice. And that's why he's not seeing the results that he's seeing. Um, so that we're giving a lot of insights into the, even the practice analytics and the caretaking analytics of, of the patients. Ah, okay. Right. So they, um, they look at, let's say the disease diagnosis. Um, so it could be, let's say cardiovascular disease, diabetes, um, obesity, whatever they're the diagnosis is, and they get this information, they could try to work with the patient to um, meet some kind of um, plan to get them healthier and better. Right. right. Okay. That, and that information is separate from the electronic medical record. It's a dashboard the doctor has to log into, correct? Right. Okay. And then does the platform make suggestions to the provider of what needs to be done? The, the lifestyle profile actually does. And so that's, again, that's the same insights the patient gets and the same information that a doctor gets. Um, so when you look at our platform, what you see is this is what, this is, these are your, uh, your, your metrics. Um, this is your results. This is what it means. And this is what you're going to do about it. So the physicians have the ability to actually make comments on what to do about it, to add to those comments, to remove from those comments and add more suggestions to those, uh, to uh, the activity level or, or the nutrition level for the patients. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, and then obviously that, that helps to, yeah, to come up with a better plan for, for the patient. Exactly. And, 
um, to get better and, uh, and, and unhealthier. So now the doctor has this information um, and the doctor is spending time, right? The provider, more than likely is a doctor, could be a mid-level provider too, correct? Could be a nurse. We have dietitians, we have uh, nurse practitioners, physicians, all types of physicians. We have, um, we even have corporations that's using us in, com- uh, in corporate wellness, for example. So employee wellness. Um, so it's, it's what we specifically do very well is translate the information that's being collected from your wearable, the wearables and then giving insights into what all of it com- together means. Um, and then we give that information to your physician, to the patient, and then to any corporate partnerships that we have that needs that information to create insights or resources um, and services for, for their, their customers. Yeah, one thing that we didn't um, kind of cover was that uh, about the food, right? About your your diet, right? So right. diet is typically associated with most of the challenges that we have of uh, in our health, right? What we eat. So there are apps, right, that that consumers can download to their wearable device, right? At, but where they have to like enter <laughs> the I ate two donuts. I ate some brown rice, you know, um, I ate a bagel, um, you know, ah, you're too high on the carbs, you need to kind of go, you know, all those kind of things. So that information gets fed into this app, meaning mm-hmm. a food app. I think you know what they yeah. are. I don't, I, don't, I don't use wearables, but, but you know, personally, I use a real watch. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real watch. I'm sorry. I got I to gotta get a Fitbit. I, I, I have both. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, on both hands? No, I, I wear I wear my um my Apple Watch when I exercise. I like to uh, measure right. my activity. Do you have one on now? <laughs> no, oh, that's no. a regular watch. This is my day to day, and then. I'm okay, sorry. I gotcha. Yeah. All right, then that's good. You did, a distractor when I. You won me over because you're wearing an analog watch. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, people say Apple Watch is an is a watch. I go, nah, I don't know about that. So you have to move pieces. <laughs> Got to have second hands and you know mechanical, but. But anyway, so that 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 food stuff needs to be uh, entered into an app, and that also could be transferred over, right? Like how Correct. many calories you're eating every day, you know, all that kind of stuff to the doctor, right? Yeah, we we love it when when patients are actually using these apps, third party apps, because it makes it easier for us to translate that information without them having to go into ours or another one. So they're, they're disciplined and they actually use like my fitness pal or uh, some type of nutrition app that's recording their calories, their intake, caloric intake, their nutritional intake. Yeah. And we, just, we just sync with that. And that, that removes the friction of ha- actually having to enter, um, enter uh, data in multiple applications, just entering it into your, your, the one that you really like the engagement platform for. And then we get that data, we translate it, and we tell you what it, that all means together. So it doesn't matter which app. It could be any app that's on a, some kind of wearable device, right? Right. Um, iOS and Android? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be a wearable device, for example. It, 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 just, it can be an app on your iPhone or your Android phone or your Samsung phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, if you're utilizing it, engaging in it, and you're putting that data in, um, we're gonna, we can tap into it with your, you know, your, your allowance and um, 
and translate that information uh, alongside all the activity levels that you're um, that's being tracked from your wearables and even with your for example you have your iPhone you don't even need a wearable because your iPhone is tracking every time you make steps as well so so there's a lot of insight into what's being collected and we've analyzed uh, these these pieces of devices that's that's collecting data and say okay a lot of people don't even realize that this type of data is being collected every time they make a movement or every time they sleep and, and whatnot. And, and we're able to gather that insight. Our goal is to remove any friction from being able to transfer, translate that data. Yeah. And um, one of the things I'm sure you're aware of um, in the healthcare space, we get these reports regularly that doctors are having a high sense of EMR burnout. Oh yeah. Um, they are overwhelmed with, these multiple screens and drop downs and tracking data and all this kind of stuff. And um, I know that that's a challenge for some of the providers. So um, I think we had chatted about, is there a financial incentive, right? For the practice, apart from doing the right thing, we want the patients to get well, we want them to live long life, you know, good quality of life, right? Is there some kind of a mechanism for reimbursement for them reviewing a report? And, you know, talk about that a little bit. Right. So, so there's two ways in, in the digital health industry right now of, of uh, billing insurance or um, it's through Medicare specifically right now. Um, there's chronic care management. Uh, so if there's a specific chronic uh, disease state that the patient's in and they qualify, then physicians can build a program on a platform to manage their health. And um, and be reimbursed by Medicare for it. The other is it's uh, what we call remote uh, patient monitoring uh, capabilities. And so, th- just actually, just this January, they released uh, what we call unbundling of these CPT codes, where they actually can can build specific individual CPT codes as opposed to just one that covered a, a bunch of different things that you have to do in order to get that one done, uh, mm-hmm. that one CPT code covered. So they, so we, we think that this is an inflection point in the industry, in the digital health industry where, um, where there'll be a shift in private payers looking at this information differently. I actually sent out, put out a blog from the CDS conference regarding Cigna's comment on the digital health industry and their d- direction on, on coverage that they'll be taking, um, with wearables and, and digital information, mm. um, so, so that it's a really great read on on what Cigna is doing, and so looking at the private payers, they're they're moving in that direction as well. So, if the doctor is looking at digital health data, this is one example of a CPT code, a, a procedure code that can be built. If they're looking at this data for about twenty minutes um, per month per individual, and it doesn't have to be the doctor specifically, it can be a medical assistant, a qualified, what we call a qualified individual. Uh-huh. With within um, the practice looks at this data verifies the data for about 20 minutes a month the doctor can bill about 40 to 60 dollars per patient per month so the goal is to have these patients be on a more preventative plan where the doctor the patient doesn't need to come into the office the doctor has insights on the patient and then is prevention the preventative aspect of it is that he's he's alerted or he's aware of the, the trends that's happening with these individuals. And that's one thing that we have on our platform is trends where doctors can start seeing Jane Smith and she's starting to trend her and she's moving into a direction of diabetes or she's pre-diabetic, for example. So, so that's giving doctors insight bef- and then taking action before 
any of this uh, before they either uh, go very far into a chronic disease state or they 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 fall into a chronic disease state. So, um, so, so insurance, you know, with, once Medicare allows it, every, the, the rest of the industry starts following. Oh, that was excellent, Yenri. Thanks for that, you know, no clarifying problem. some of that stuff. Um, I, uh, I think that um, where we start, right, we get the providers to begin to use, let's say, these types of, you know, platforms, like your platform, they got an incentive, obviously, to, to use it because they're going to be able to bill for it. Uh, right. And eventually, hopefully, I know, I know that uh, Medicare is the largest insurer, largest biller, right? You got to start there. And then the right. other uh, insurance companies may go along and start allowing, right, for billables for this right. kind of service. Um, so that's good. And then eventually, it'll start going back into, uh, I guess, um, the actual insurance premiums. Now, we're not talking like, in a year or two, we're talking probably a couple of years. Right. Where the the providers can bill. Different insurance companies will start allowing that to bill, and then they start to inquire to the patient, "Are you wearing wearable devices? You know, for your health?" And hopefully, they say yes, and that decreases their insurance premiums on their employer-sponsored plan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, health and wellness things. It kind of goes back that it becomes a. Um, a method to decrease um, insurance costs, right, for the patient, uh, reward those who are eating right, exercising, that kind of thing, kind of like you running half marathons and marathons and stuff. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I run, but I'm not, not like that. Um, I'm not know, a good so. runner. I just run. <laughs> so. I just run. <laughs> yeah, so you get rewarded for that in your premium, right? Just yeah. like you're a safe driver, right? You know, don't, don't have accidents and we'll give you a lower insurance. So it takes, actually, go ahead. That's actually what we're doing at the University of Miami with their wellness programs, with right. their wellness program is we, they, they use our platform to measure a baseline of their employees. And then um, every quarter they actually get reevaluated on our platform. Mm -hmm. And if there are, there are metrics that we've set um, where if, if those metrics actually go down, they save about $1,500 on anywhere from $350 to $1,500 there on their insurance. Um, so, the employee so or the, 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 employee. The, the employee? So the employee sees the benefit. The employee sees the benefit. Oh, that's yeah, because that's prevention. And, you know, um, what I've learned, I have a, a friend that works in uh, one of the private payers insurance and uh, companies and, what I've learned is, for example, type 2 diabetes is so costly to the industry and to the economy um, versus a patient who actually has cardiovascular disease and had heart surgery because the medication to, uh, to um, sustain a person with type 2 diabetes is extremely expensive and costly. Um, and, and therefore, just to sustain yeah. individuals, it becomes a burden on, on the healthcare system. Yeah, so I mean, now we're, we're talking probably uh, years out where it begin, becomes, to, becomes to penetrate the insurance market, right? right. And the employer market. But you got to start, obviously, at the point of care, which is exactly. the provider, right? And right. then kind of work backwards. 
Um, and then to get the provider to do it, you got to pay him. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of that's some kind of incentive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You know, they don't have they got they're they're already doing other stuff, right? Like we talk about burnout. And, oh, I got exactly. one more thing to do. Oh, we're gonna pay you fifty, sixty bucks. Okay, <laughs> at least I'll get reimbursed something for my time to review these reports. And, so, got. And, and we really look forward to this direction in healthcare on the the prevention side because we feel that if if you if a physician is your partner in healthcare as opposed to just the person that you go to when you're sick, you're you're always at an optimal level and and he's always finding ways to make you even better. And I feel that that's how physicians should be as a partner to always make you feel at your best. And so now with the shift in healthcare where now the doctor is able to monitor and prevent, he, he has the ability to eventually put the patient into a program that is always preventing that patient. And at some point that shift, that becomes some type of um, subscription model of some type where now the patients, they're paying $50, the insurance is paying $50 to maintain an optimal patient and the doctor has a, a, a very strong stream of revenue in his practice as opposed to only seeing sick patients and then um, not knowing when these patients are going to be, uh, you know, only when maybe they only come in once a year or something like that when they have the cold or flu or when they actually have a disease, for example. And so, so now he's able to really manage his practice, the business side of his practice as well. With, with a, and I think when you go into concierge and direct primary care, that's that's a lot of the revenue models that's starting to play into it. Is knowing how, knowing, understanding the business a little bit more, and then really optimizing the individual's wellness. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that that monthly revenue model where you're giving somebody, the doctor, a practice, a practice of, of 1,500 patients you know, an extra 50 bucks per patient. It's like a, a capitated HMO kind of setup, uh, right. rewarding them for keeping these patients healthy, which is where we are moving as a healthcare system where right. they want to reimburse providers to keep the, the, the patients out of the ER, keep them out of the office. You know, right. because that's where now we're, we're, we're paying for results, not fee for service, right? Every time you go in, and and the, the and it's the, it's like a uh, it's like an ocean liner. You're trying to turn this thing on the dime. It's taking a while to get there. Um, uh, where we're reimbursing for outcomes, not fee for service care. Uh, so this kind of goes in line with that reimbursement um, rewarding the patients because if they're healthier, we're not seeing you in the practice, right? We're not. So I'm getting I'm getting extra money just because you ain't there, <laughs> you know, which is good. <laughs> That's a good, right? That's good. Um, yeah. You know, um, assuming that you know there's an incentive to keep you healthy, right? Uh, versus come in, I want to see you five times a year and bill, you know, eighty five bucks a visit plus blood work plus you know um, scripts and 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 stuff like that. Um, so what is your I guess your um your uh if you have any recommendations on the types of devices that people wear do you like you know um uh, the ios or the android do you like the fitbits and the apple watches like what do you like do you like you know certain apps like what do you what do you and again this is your opinion okay not everybody can do whatever they want but like what are you you're in you're running stuff when you say we're running a marathon i'm like okay so tell me what tell me what you what you like to do besides me eating bagels and donuts <laughs> <laughs> I think I run to, because I like to eat. That's the. <laughs> oh, you want to burn, you want to eat and burn it off. You want to burn it off. I got it. Okay. So, so what kind of devices do you like, and, and what do you, you know, just based on your experience? 
I honestly, I'm I'm not biased to any device. I I like them all. Just the fact that it's giving some insights to an individual. Um, you know, it, it all depends on the person and what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I'm an Apple Watch person. I um, I just like the the design of it, the look and the feel of it. Um, that that's just my take on it. But mm -hmm. as it relates to um, what how it's collecting and what it's collecting, I I think it's fairly uh, similar across the board. Um, okay. And, you know, what, with what we do is we normalize that information and we create a baseline. So if you have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, that, that information is being normalized either way. And then we're looking at trends. So if you're going to start somewhere and you're going to go somewhere. And that's what we're looking at. Um, mm -hmm. no, that, no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And again, everybody has their own, their own devices and what they like and what they recommend. And again, uh, the Apple products, just because I'm not an Apple person, I'm an Android person, but the Apple oh. products, yeah, it's okay. They, they, <laughs> they integrate into a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. you know, the, the integration um, into many different, you know, services and platforms and, and software is just, and Android has their integration as well, but a lot of people say they like the Apple because of all this smooth integration into so many right. different products, um, which is good. And that, that's, how, that's how Apple keeps you captive, right? Yeah. Um, I like the way it works, uh, but that, that, that's, uh, that's good. So tell us um, uh, enough about um, Health Snap now. You know, I think we covered that good. Tell us what do you like to do um, when you're not um, doing Health Snap and you're not running because you feel like running? Uh, tell yeah. Us, yeah, tell, what, what do you like to do to, to decompress and, you know, off time? And tell us about that. Um, um, I surf and I rock climb as well. So that's something that um, – is there that, rock climbing in Miami? Well, rock climbing gyms, not really mountains. <laughs> I don't climb mountains. I rock, <laughs> rock climbing gyms. Um, surfing, I get. In Miami, too. I used to live in California. We had all of that, and that was, that was really great. Um, but mm -hmm. the warm water in Florida is great as well. well of course. Yeah. So, so you like to rock climbing and the surfing uh, when you're not, obviously, you know, exercising and that kind of thing um any any um uh movies are you into like you know riding the bike are you um uh any arts uh you know oh, i read a lot i probably i'm one of those individuals that probably read the 100 books a, month, a year type deal wow. With, yeah wow. so so there's always some type of you know um I, I read it on every type of device and physical books. And also I'll have a, depending on what I'm looking for in, in the book, it will be an audio, audio book, uh, uh, Apple book or whatever, uh, a digital book, I mean, or just an actual physical book. Um, so it depends. So I always have a book I'm reading probably anywhere from three to four books at a time. Oh, wow. So yes, you're one of those people that, you know, that try to read, you know, easily, easily more than one book a month. Just, just oh yeah, yeah. Is it all type of stuff? Is it nonfiction? Is it business related? Is it science fiction? You want to get lost in you know in, in reality, you know, non-reality based, you know? Yeah, I, I like it. Um, so I'm a non more of a nonfiction individual. So it's uh, a lot of investment books, management leadership. Uh, I've really got into growth, spiritual books, um, okay. and and um, yeah. So, so it's just. You know, it depends if I'm if I'm reading an autobiography, um, and that person talks about a book that he that changed his life. I'll probably go and read that book because I want to 
to see what he's talking about. And then I go down this rabbit hole of this like stream of books that everybody recommends some type of reading in a book. And so, um, <laughs> good for you. Good for you. And I, I, that's great. I mean, that's a lot, that's a lot of reading, which means that you're probably not digesting. I mean, I know you're doing audio books and all that and, and paper, but you're probably not digesting a lot of other when I say movies and stuff like that, because you're really reading a lot, so yeah. uh, and listening a lot, so it's um, um, that's very that's very interesting. Because again, if you're an exercise person, running in the gym, people have you know have their, their podcast on, they have their right. some kind of educational thing, and um, I always wonder about this kind of stuff. Like you're reading all these books, and and I've read a lot of books, obviously, and I don't read as clearly as much as you, but they you know you do you wonder do you remember all this stuff, right? But then it comes out later. Yeah. Exactly. With somebody and it's like somewhere in the back of your head it comes out right okay. exactly i love it <laughs> I, I, I can't remember I, what, what book i read this in but i know that exactly it, I, it just sounds good um yeah, exactly. okay uh, so we're gonna, yeah yeah thank you for sharing we're going to go through our lightning round of questions right now um more about other like stuff you may like okay all so right. all you gotta do is uh, give a response to the uh to the question all right um so coffee hot or cold Hot. Hot coffee. Your your favorite food? French fries. Oh, what? Uh, from where? <laughs> oh, uh, Burger Fi, I would say. Okay, Burger Fi? All right, yeah. all right. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, hot dogs? Hot dogs? Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mustard or ketchup? Mustard. Okay, good. Traditionalist. Uh, burgers, ketchup or plain? Ketchup. All right, traditionalist. Pizza. Yes. <laughs> I need those carbs. Um, Apple or Android? Apple. <laughs> you, you, already, you already answered that question. I seeded you earlier. Uh, PC or Mac? Mac. <laughs> <laughs> laptop or desktop? Uh, laptop. Okay. Um, if you can go anywhere on vacation right now and money and time was not an issue, where would you go? I just came back from Paris, so that's what I did. Take down. Good good for you. Good for yeah. you. Um, hot weather or cold? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, warm. Okay, okay. cold. Hot. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's yeah, so hard. Said, I'm happy either way. <laughs> did you say surfing? You like surfing. That's hot, obviously. Well, you got to have hot weather for that. Rock climbing is indoors, the way you do there, so that's kind of AC. <laughs> I'm happy either way. I, I can live with both. <laughs> I, probably, I would probably say just hot because I grew up in Florida. So I got you. I got you. Okay. Wristwatch, you already said yes because you're wearing one. Right. right? Okay. <laughs> uh, for books, Kindle, paperback, hardcover? All of it. All. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a podcast. Uh, when do you listen to a podcast? Um, when I drive, occasionally I'll, I'll listen to, um, a couple of different podcasts. Okay. Uh, new car or used? New. Okay. Dogs, cat, neither. Dogs. Dog. Goldfish? No goldfish. <laughs> uh, so when you do see a movie, when you do, cause you're not, when you're not reading a hundred books, when you do see a movie, is it, uh, streaming or is it in theaters? Streaming. All right, so you're going to do that uh, Hulu, Netflix kind of thing right. versus going in to be around people, right? I don't mind being around people. It's, I know, uh, I know. I, I, I think I fall asleep in, in dark rooms. 
turn the lights off, I'm going to fall asleep. Exactly. Uh, no, I got you. Um, well, uh, it, it's been great. We've been interviewing the CEO and co-founder of HealthSnap, and uh, it's Yenri Trung. It's been a great pleasure uh, chatting with you and learning about uh, HealthSnap. Uh, uh, thank you for sharing your insight. Uh, and uh, we wish you well with the business, and it sounds like it's going well, and uh, you're right at the cusp of what's happening in the transformation uh, in healthcare with wearables and devices and all that kind of stuff. Best of luck with the business. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for your time. Have a good day. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.